today we are going to uh, be partnering um, again with one of the, the, the local missions that we partner with. Um, I, it's it's a, such a privilege to be able to do this. We, If you're aware uh, and you've been attending the church for a while, you know missions is a big part of what we do. We love missions. We love home missions, foreign missions, um, local missions. Like we, we bleed missions. We believe that our job as Christians isn't to just maintain this room, but it is to meet people where they're at and to take Jesus to where they are. That's why we go on missions trips. That's why we send money to missionaries. That's why we encourage you to, to, to reach out into your community. And that's why we partner with groups um, like New Beginnings. I almost said Brefos. Wow, how many years has it been since it was Brefos. Um, I almost said it um, uh, with new beginnings. Um, and uh, so what we're going to do today, I want to just kind of forewarn you a little bit. Um, we are going to take an offering for this ministry um, that, that happens. Um, and so get ready. This, this one, you can either give online. If you go, um, if you don't, if you're like me and you have never carried cash, uh, like willingly for the last 20 years, um, you, you can just jump back online to GRAOG. There's a spot there that says special offerings. Don't put it in missions. That's for regular uh, missions giving. But if you put it in special offerings in there today, um, we will get that to this ministry. Or um, you can write a check or give cash and market missions um, either on the check or in the, um, or not missions, but new beginnings on the check or in the little white envelope in front of you and put it in the drop boxes back there and you can give that way. But we're going to take a physical offering, which we don't usually do. Um, but so just be ready for that uh, if you're, if you're ready. Um, but uh, we're going to start with the video and then Barb is going to come up and share. Hi, my name's Amanda Wheelock. I'm the nurse manager at New Beginnings Pregnancy and Family Support. You don't get to be with us in the center. And so today, some of those whom we serve have graciously agreed to share their experiences at New Beginnings. And as you listen to their stories, I really want you to think about the fact that their stories are possible because of you. What you give enables their lives to be impacted for good and for life. I am a nurse. I'm a mom of two. Uh, in the new year will be four. Um, and I've been happily married for almost 12 years. And um, we just relocated uh, back to this area a year ago. With my background in NICU nursing, I just had this really strong feeling that there was potentially twins because I was so sick so early. I tested positive so early. I was growing so big so fast. And so I was only seven weeks along and I was like, oh, my ultrasound isn't scheduled for three more weeks, but I can't wait anymore. And so my husband and I and my mom and our kids, we all showed up at New Beginnings like, hey, can we just pop in and just peek on the ultrasound? It's very different from the hospital setting. It's much more relaxed. The fact that the whole family's just welcome there is amazing. The kids played on the floor and interacted uh, and she was fine with that. Uh, at one point my daughter was up kind of in my lap and um, we just were all experiencing it as a family. You're not rushed through it. Your questions are answered and it is. It's a really relaxed um, and comfortable setting. I think they're a gem for for our area and our town. I have five kids. I just had my fifth little girl in March. We were going through a period of financial struggle and actually at 
the clinic in town at Grand Itasca, the OB referred me because we were I was under a lot of stress and she referred me to one of the social workers and actually the social worker referred me to New Beginnings for some financial help. I think maybe we were one of the first people who got help through the rental assistance program so they helped us out with rent for two months which was just huge for us and that was right around the holidays. We actually were hugely blessed and we were the recipients of getting Christmas donations. People from the community donated Christmas gifts and so our four children got the Christmas gifts that were donated for that and that was just a huge blessing for us. We were not in a position where we could have provided Christmas. We got a car seat, we got a new pack and play, we earned some gas cards by taking classes, um, I think we've earned some diapers, we were able to utilize the clothing closet. I know I got a lot of cute outfits for my newborn baby through there. I could feel really relaxed going into labor and bringing her home because I knew I had everything I needed to take care of her at home and that was a good feeling to just feel prepared and not have to worry about do I have clothes for her, do I have a new car seat and a pack and play, but just really feeling like our needs were met. They're there just to support you in any way that you need. I would recommend New Beginnings to anybody in the community and I always try to spread the word to any new moms that I know too that they can go get help there if they need it. Our community is so, so blessed to have this center and this place for women to go to. Um, whether they just want an ultrasound or whether they're like in desperate need of some direction or like real true encouragement. It's, it is a place that should always be here. I would really like to thank the staff and for them helping and of course the people that are donating and financing this because this has got to be a big expense. Volunteers are our bread and butter, um, and we need them more than ever because our centers are busier than ever. We have volunteers that sort clothing, stock supplies in our boutique, package up diapers. We have volunteers that write thank yous, fold newsletters, clean, and even fix things. Um, you can come and help us at booths, at uh, community events, walk with us during parades, and help us with our events and, and fundraising. Getting our name out there and letting people know who we are and what we do allows us to reach those people. You will change lives and save lives. And that's what New Beginnings is all about. We are here to help. We appreciate our donors more than ever because Minnesota is changing. We are going to stand firm in what we believe regardless of what's going on in, in the state. And because of that, we're going to lose grants or we're not going to be able to apply for certain grants. And so more and more, we, we're, we need people to stand by us and donate and, and be willing to um, sow into our ministry. So we would just like to say thank you. Whether you're sponsoring an event or you're donating something to the boutique or volunteering your hours, because of what you do, we are able to continue the services we do at New Beginnings. Babies' lives are being saved and lives are being changed. I'm reminded of the verse from Jeremiah 29:11 that says, The plans I have for you, declare the Lord, are for good, not for harm, for hope and a future. When you come alongside of us 
as we serve these women, men, children, and babies, that's what you're helping us do, is give them hope and a future. We want the opportunity to share God's love in a way that they decide to accept Him and that they get to spend eternity with their loving Father. So please pray that those opportunities happen and that that we have the right words, that, that we have the right actions, that God is in everything we do. Thank you. Clarify real quickly, um, I just to make sure that I said it clearly, if you're writing a check, write it to Grand Rapids Assembly of God and memo new beginnings. And then if you put it in this offering um, that we're about to take, we will get it to where it's supposed to go. We'll write one check to them. So this is Barb Reed, Barb Dory Reed. Do you, I don't know you, how many, do you put it all in there all the time? <laughs> okay. I am so glad she's here to share with you her heart on this ministry. She is going to just let you know more, uh, more details than I could. So here you go, Barb. Thank you so much. I have to thank um, Jason because he was at the, uh, our banquet last fall, and we lost electricity, if you were there. We had a, a morning banquet and an evening banquet because we had so many people last year, we couldn't fit them all in. So we had over um, close to 550 people for the two events. But we lost electricity in the morning, and so we had no speaker, and it's a big room. But he, pastor, was in charge of the sound, and he went and got... Um, uh, a generator, thanks. <laughs> Hooked it up so we could, so people could at least hear us. So that was great. Um, I am a volunteer with New Beginnings. I've been there for two full years, and I'll be starting my third year as a board member, actually as the board chair. Um, and it's just my pleasure to speak on behalf of New Beginnings. Um, what you see in the video is exactly what they are. They're a praying organization. Um, they're a Christian organization. Um, they call on the name of Jesus um, daily. They start out with prayer. And it's so exciting to volunteer with an organization like that, where you can actually um, speak the name of Jesus and not be worried about it. But we pray for people who are coming in the center. Um, we pray for guidance. Um, the mission of New Beginnings is twofold. One is to save babies, to give, provide the resources that are needed for people. There's no income guidelines. Anyone can come. And the second mission is to provide a door to salvation. Um, we have the educational classes that they spoke of. They download them to their phone, and they cover um, a myriad of topics, starting with baby development, what mom can expect, but also salvation. So people, um, we pray for opportunities to bring people to Christ. And I want to thank the church here um, for choosing New Beginnings as a home mission. Uh, as they noted in the film, we lost some significant funding last year and from the state because because of the new abortion laws and regulations, and a lot of our money, the money across the state, went to abortion clinics. And so we've made a goal of um, we want to be 100% donor funded so we can live out our mission and not have to worry about, you know, guidelines or rules or things that don't match what we believe. 
Um, they talked a little bit about the services. The ultrasounds are so important. We have two um, offices now, one in Deer River, one in Grand Rapids, but the ultrasound is key because when that new mom and dad see that little baby in mom's tummy, it just, it really impacts them. And there's statistics that say that if if they see the ultrasound, they're much more likely to carry to decide to carry that baby, and that's that's what we want. Um, they can also earn the car seat and the pack and plays; those are free. Um, and you have, but you have to have take the education classes, safety classes um, for those. And then we had you saw a picture of the um, boutique, which is a lot of it's new, a lot of it is used and donated. All the donated used items are free to the clients. The other new things, they they earn them when they complete the class and send that documentation in. So it's a good incentive for them to learn, you know, what what can I expect when I when I carry this baby? What can I expect baby development? How do I how do I deal with my spouse, I'll say also partner, um, when we have troubles, all those kinds of things, and then salvation. Um, we're kicking off our baby dry, a baby bottle drive right now, and the bottles are out in the foyer. If you haven't received one, please take one. You can bring it back here anytime after you fill it. And we do take bills as well as coins. <laughs> um, so how can you help other than financially, but you can pray. Prayer changes things, and prayer changes lives. So we ask you to make our organization um, a, uh, an item of prayer every day, that people would come to know Jesus, because that's what we're there for. We're an open door. Um, also, you can volunteer. There's lots of volunteer uh, opportunities, and... Um, you can do as much or as little as you'd like. Uh, it's, you know, they accommodate your schedule. So, again, thank you to the church. Oh, I wanted to thank Kathy, too. Kathy Metzer, would you please stand? She's going to... She... She has been the outreach coordinator um, for almost 10 years, and she just retired. And we're really sad about that, but thankful for the years that she gave. And we have a wonderful network of churches and volunteers that Kathy has actually put together and um, created. So thank you, Kathy. We're going to take an offering now and pray uh, for this ministry. So if I could get our ushers to come forward this morning, um, we're going to go ahead and pray and take this offering. Again, you can either give now or in person or in person online. Um, uh, I'm struggling with it this morning. Jesus, you are so good. And I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for these people that care so much about uh, about people who you created. 
God, and I just pray right now for uh, your hand of blessing upon them. I pray for wisdom as they navigate um, through complex issues with people. I pray for grace and compassion as they sometimes don't see the best in everybody at these moments, God. But I just, I, I'm so grateful for this this ministry. I pray that you put your hand of blessing on their fan, their finances, God, and uh, and just as they fulfill their mission in these communities, God, we just ask for your favor to be upon them. In your name I pray. Amen. We want to thank you for helping us partner with these kind of organizations. This is something that is just such an important thing to us to be able to meet people where they're at. If you're unfamiliar, our church's vision statement, something that we kind of what decides what we do and who we are and how we go through these things is to reach our community through building relationships. And um, a part of that is here, but most of the relationship building that is going to make a difference in people's lives um, starts where people are at, right? Right, wherever wherever they may be. Um, and I, I, please don't mistake me downplaying this time. This is such an important relationship building time. But but it, it this is not where we start, right? We start right where people are at. And I'm so grateful that New Beginnings isn't an organization that you know, has all of these rules before you can even come in and talk with somebody, you know, that they're a place that anybody can go and receive counsel and wisdom and hope and encouragement. It, it's such a, an important thing as we deal with that. And, and honestly, that that is just the heartbeat of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the heartbeat of God. And we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about just some of these kind of Christian basics. We talked about how to study the Bible two weeks ago, how I study the Bible. Um, um, and we just kind of walked through my devotional time. Um, and if you, again, if you're new to your faith and you're trying to figure out um, where to start with Bible reading, or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you just want to, you know, maybe try something a little different and you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. You can hit our website or Facebook or YouTube or any of the places we stream Vimeo um, and you can find them on there um, and, and watch that. And last week we talked about just how important um, prayer is, about how important it is to spend time um, talking with Jesus as we go through our life. Um, it's just such an important thing. And today I really do, I want to talk about missions. This is just such 
an important thing. When, when the assemblies of God began, um, it, it began for, for two purposes, right? There was all these people that were being baptized in the Holy Spirit again and this group of people that had all this stuff. And so this group of leaders got together with two important goals. The first one was to organize theology, Right, like they wanted to make sure that when all of these people got together, they weren't talking all kinds of crazy nonsense. Okay, like they wanted to make sure that it lined up biblically. And the second was to organize world missions. Right, like they they felt from the very inception of 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 the assemblies of God that it is vital that we not be stagnated by just people in our immediate vicinity. Right, so they organized. Home and foreign missions. Today, it's something like 90% of the people that claim to be assemblies of God do not live in America, right? Like they live over an ocean. In America, the assemblies of God is actually a fairly small group of people, right? It's like 3.5 million or something like that, 3.7 million in the United States. Globally, it's over 100 million. Like it, 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 because missions is so important, right? That's why we partner with organizations. Like there are gonna be men and women that walk into new beginnings that might never attend our church. It may never come here first anyway, right? But they might encounter somebody who loves Jesus there. And so we meet those people, right? And there, there are organizations like that all over the place. That's why we raise money. That's why we're so passionate about raising money for Speed the Light. That's why we do pond hockey tournaments. Listen, John loves hockey. I kind of hate it. Um, if I'm honest, like I, 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 I grew up in Montana. Hockey wasn't my thing. And please don't mistake. I don't hate the game. I hate that I don't understand the game. Right? So like, it doesn't make as much sense to me. I didn't grow up playing hockey like I grew up playing baseball, football, and basketball. Right? And so like, when I watch those games, I understand all of the little things happening in them. When I watch hockey, I'm like, wow, they're really good at getting on and off the ice. You know, like, like seriously, the first time I went to a game here, the most impressive thing to me was the line change. Like, I, how do you not give up a goal every time you do that? I, it was, that was the most impressive thing I saw because I didn't understand what was happening on the ice. Right? And so, but we don't do the pond hockey tournament so we can play hockey. We don't. Like, that's fun. I'm glad people enjoy playing hockey. But we do the pond hockey tournament for two main reasons. First of all, it raises money for missions. They send money over an ocean and they're drilling wells in Africa so people can have clean water. Secondly, we believe that our job as Christians is to get into our community and build relationships. And on the ice, playing pond hockey, I've had chances to have conversations with people that I may not have other, and probably not, would have not met otherwise. Right? Like, it's fun now. It was funny. Last year, as we were out on the ice, there was this group that came and they were from, were they from Superior? Is that, is that where they were from? They come from Superior. And, I'm, and they have no idea that I'm the pastor of this church. You know, like I don't wear a sign that says, hey, I pastor, G-R-A-O-G. I just am talking to these guys out there. Um, and he's talking to me and he's like, oh man, we almost didn't come once we found out that it was a church thing. Um, not because they were anti-church, but because they thought it would be lame. 
right? Like they thought if a church is going to lead it, this is going to be just a ragtag, goofy thing that isn't really all that awesome. And they showed up. And last year, you know, I, it's a little misleading in some of the, uh, the advertising videos happening right now because they don't show what happened last year. Um, last year, it was 45 degrees and sunny and the ice broke down. And I haven't seen boot hockey on any of the advertising yet, you know? Um, that's how we ended up playing. But the first couple days, the ice has never been better. It was such a tragedy because the ice was just amazing last year. Um, but all of these relationships and these guys come and they're just talking to me and they're like, this is one of the greatest things we've done. And now guess what? They signed up to come again and we have another chance to form relationships, reach out to Jesus with them. They're not going to attend our church. They live in Superior. But we have a chance to rub shoulders with some people and show them who Jesus is by the way we treat people. Right? So we're raising money and we're intentional with relationships. And that is such a big deal. Can I just break down, break it down for you? That's missions. Right? Like that's, that's what missions looks like. It doesn't always look like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I thought missions was having to say yes to going to Africa. Like, that's what I thought missions was. If I'm going to be involved in missions, I'm going to have to go to Africa, and I'm going to have to eat bugs and wear a dress, because all the missionaries from Africa wore what I thought were dresses, you know, when they came, and they'd beat a little bongo drum, you know, and I was like, that's missions. That must be what it is. That can be part of missions. But missions is about being intentional with our relationships and showing who Jesus is by how we treat people. That's really our call. And listen, whether God calls you to leave this country and go over somewhere else to a different land and preach the gospel, and maybe he's gonna do that. Or whether he doesn't, and you are parked in Grand Rapids for the rest of your life, your mission is the same. To get involved with people to inject Jesus into those relationships and to show who he is by how you treat people. It's such an important thing. I'm gonna read three of the most famous verses in the Bible right now, okay? You ready? Open up your Bibles. I'm gonna read out of the New Living Translation if you're electronic and you like to read the same words that I do. Um, if you've got your own favorite, that's fine. But I'm gonna read three verses that if you've been around church at all, you know these. And one of them in particular, even if you have not been around church, you've heard the reference, even though you might not know what it says, right? Um, John 3.16 is where we're gonna start. We're gonna read John 3.16 and 17, okay? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world through him. I want you to hear it again. Some of you have heard this verse so many times it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Right? It's like reading that Cheerios has riboflavin. Like who cares? Like you've heard it over and over and over and over again. To where it's lost its meaning. God gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into this world not to condemn the world but to save the world through him. I want, I want you to hear. There are different things and please don't, I'm not here to bash anybody else or any other denomination today, but there are churches out there that, the, that believe that the gospel message is not for everyone. 
And, and can I tell you, I just can't find that in the Bible because I read too many verses like this. That everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Anyone. The door's open. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is. All it takes is belief in Jesus. And we're in. If we believe in Jesus, if we not believe he exists, if we accept him as our king, right? Believes in him. We will not perish, but we will have eternal life. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is, again, a very famous portion of scripture. We're going to read verses 18 through 20. It's one of Jesus' last commands to his disciples. It's called the Great Commission, um, which is a word most of us don't use anymore, so we might not know what it means. Just replace commission with commandment, okay? Or order, God's great order. The commission is a military word when you're ordered to go do something, right? Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Hear that. Every bit of authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and I'm about to tell you what to do with it. Okay? Jesus is saying, there's no authority outside of me. It's all residing through me. He's revealing his full Godhead at this moment. Right? Like, I am God. All authority is mine, and I'm about to give you a command. Hear the seriousness of this moment. What's he say? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus didn't say, I've been given all authority, so what I want you to do is hunker down in your church and make sure that you're right and leave everybody else out. I want you to be this exclusive club that never talks to anybody, but as long as you're good and your kids are good, then we're set. Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Now go tell everybody about me. Go. Make disciples. Teach them what I taught you. That's the command of Christ. Acts chapter 1-8. So Jesus establishes how through his sacrifice in John 3. He establishes what in Matthew chapter 28. And then he tells us we don't have to do it alone. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. If you just turn a little bit past John there again. It says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? And right there is where so many of us stop. And you will receive power. And we're like, I like power. Right? And some Pentecostal churches stop right there and we're like, you will receive power to speak in tongues. Listen, I believe that's part. I believe it's the initial physical evidence. I believe it's an important thing and it should be sought. But that is not what Jesus empowered us for. It's the evidence that we are empowered. Not the purpose. Right? He says, here's how. You believe in my son. He says, here's what. You need to go and tell everybody. And he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. Here we go. And you will receive power 
to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Judea or in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. All right? You might not be familiar with that whole world, right? Like maybe, maybe you're a little familiar with it because it's in the news a lot right now. But they were in the city of Jerusalem, right? In the region of, of uh, Judea, their next door neighbor who they hated with a fiery passion was Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And Jesus says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and it's going to empower you to take the gospel to your hometown, to your region, to your worst enemy and to the rest of the world. Hear it. Jesus is so passionate about the gospel going forward that he tells us how, he tells us what, and then he empowers us to do it. And I want to encourage you to not let Christianity be a Sunday morning thing. To not let your faith be something that you do on Sunday mornings and maybe Wednesday nights. But to be missional in this life. There are more than 7,000 unreached people groups in the world. 7,000 means less than 2% Christian. Okay, less than 2% Christian. That's what the definition of his unreached people groups is. You know that most of Europe is now considered an unreached people group? Most of Europe is less than 2% Christian now. Countries like Sweden and Norway are less than 2% Christian. We're not talking about Timbuktu, just, just, just that, in the dark regions of the Congo. We're talking about people across the globe, less than 2%. There are 7,000 unreached people group. The last poll that was taken by Barna that tried to do a worldwide research poll uh, of different, you know, they added all the different denominations that claim Christ and all those things together say about 31.5% of the known world knows Jesus and claims him as savior. Little less than one out of three. Now listen, that's a big number. I get it. But that means Two out of three people across the world don't know who Jesus is. So what does that mean for us today? It means we're not done. It means we're not done. It means people still need new beginnings. It means we still need to go to El Salvador. It means my neighbor still needs, to show me, needs me to show them Jesus. It means people that I brush by in Walmart sometimes in a rush to get where I'm going might not know him and I might be the only chance to show him Jesus. It means I'm not done and neither are you because our mission is clear to show people who Jesus is. I did just a real quick search in my Bible software. Now, it's a pretty cool search. Um, it's called a clause search. Like I could search Jerusalem and it'll find holy city if it refers to Jerusalem. Like it, it's a cool search. So I, I typed in global missions 
in this search. And it came up with 80 verses like that, not even making it any more specific. Are you ready? I'm going to just hit a couple of them. I'm going to read through a few. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, which is the temptation of Jesus, we talk about all the kingdoms of the earth need to know him. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, which is the Lord's prayer, Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth. Okay? Matthew chapter 8 through 11, many will come from the east and the west and they will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 9 verses 37 says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I'm going to just drop down a couple of them. I can show you the whole list later if you want to see it. Mark chapter 13, 10 says the gospel must be preached to all nations. John 12, 32 says, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto myself. He's talking about his crucifixion, by the way, right there. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Um, can we just talk about one of my, this is one of the things that I didn't realize as a kid. I grew up in a church that did not sing very many hymns. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how many of you, we sang all the eighties choruses, right? Like all, like we sang about how deer pants for waters. And we talked about like, it was all like, um, uh, it was all, it was all those kind of things. Right. And one of them was lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. Right? Like, if he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. That's the song. That's talking about his crucifixion in like the peppiest way ever. <laughs> Jesus is going to be crucified. Jesus is going to be crucified. Be lifted up on a cross for everyone to see. Right? Like, that's, that's what we were singing. That's the verse. But Jesus says there's purpose in it all. When I am lifted up on that cross... The world is going to see who I am and what I do because here's the deal. I'm not going to stay dead. I'm not going to stay dead. You could keep going over and over again. Acts chapter 10, 35, God accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Acts chapter eleven eighteen 18 says they praise God saying, so then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Thank God, because I'm a Gentile and most of you are too. Romans nine seventeen says that my name might be proclaimed to all the earth. Ephesians chapter 1, 10, to bring all things into heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Uh, verses Ephesians 2, 11 through 19, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but you are my children. Philippians, Chapter 2, verse 10 says, Every knee shall bow. 2 Peter 3, 9 through 12 says, Not wanting anyone to perish. 1 John 2, 2 says, His atoning sacrifice is for the sins of the whole world. And I could just keep going and going and going that Jesus wants everyone to come and know him and that it's our job to facilitate that. Now, I think Jesus told, chose a really inefficient system because I'm not very good at it most days. I think super efficient would be Jesus just showing up in the sky and showing himself to everybody and people would be like, that's amazing. That's either God or I'm, I don't know. But that's not how God chooses to work. It's not how he's chose to work. He has chosen to use his followers to spread his gospel. He has done that from the beginning. In church, it's easy to get distracted from the main mission because there's lots of important missions, right? I'm a parent of four kids at home. It is very vital that they be part of my mission, right? If I'm the best pastor in the world, but I'm never at home and fail my family, I'm not a very good pastor. There's a lot of important missions, but there is no mission more important 
than the one that the gospel makes so clearly, presently the priority. And that is to reach people for the cause of Christ. There's lots of ways we do this. Some of you are natural at this. Some of you, you like everywhere you go, it's so clear that you're a follower of Jesus and you talk about it clearly and convincingly. Some of you are quiet. You don't really like groups of people, but you have deep relationships and you can inject Jesus into those things and show people who he is. You're not all called to be me. Most of you can breathe a big sigh. I, I find it hilarious. I just saw it again the other day. I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. In the top five fears that Americans listed, the number one fear that Americans listed was public speaking. And the number three fear that most people listed was death, right? So if you just put that together, if you go to a funeral, more people would be afraid to give the eulogy than to be the one in the coffin. <laughs> amen. I did not expect an amen right there. <laughs> You're not all called to, to show Jesus the same. And isn't that great? Because your friends aren't all the same. If you were all like me, some of you wouldn't have nearly as many friends as you do. We're not all called to show Jesus the same way, but we are all called to reach people for Jesus. Every single one of us. Listen, it is so important. We can partner with ministries like New Beginnings, like Moody Missions, like we're gonna go to this summer. We can partner with those things by praying for them. We can partner with them uh, by giving finances to them, by going and volunteering at these places and doing those kind of things. We can partner with them, but none of that negates our personal responsibility to share the gospel with the people in our sphere of influence. It's all part of missions. It's all part of our assignment. And it's all so vitally important because people need Jesus. God, you're good. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Jesus, that you are a good God. I thank you, God, that you cared enough about me to put people in my life that pointed me to you. And I want to be that person for other people. And I know we do. So God, I just pray for Holy Spirit power for witness to fill this room and fill your people. God, I pray that you help us to be intentional in our relationships as we look for ways to show who you are by the way we treat people and talk to them. God, if people go to hell around us, may it be in spite of of everything that we have tried to say and show to them of who you are, not because they don't know. Guide us, lead us. Holy Spirit, reach. In your name I pray, amen.